0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. You know, it helps to open up the microphone. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hunt here. I am the editor at Sci-Fi executive producer at Sci-Fi For Me.com. Dot TV. 32 years in the media, and I'm still figuring it out. Hello, everyone. The live chat is open if you are with us live, or you can leave a comment if you are not live. If you're watching this later, you can leave a comment, or you can send us an email, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom And, of course, we do have all of the social media accounts that you can uh, sample and connect with us as you you wish. If you prefer to get this kind of programming on uh, on a podcast forum, we do have the various different players that carry our show, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Double Twist, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Casts. I do my best to keep that updated as much as possible. This show and the H2O Podcast are both available there. So you can listen. And if you do that, we do ask that you rate the program. It does help with search results with algorithms and and recommendations and that sort of thing so if you are so inclined we would appreciate signal boost because it helps every little bit helps so how's everybody doing today Kind of sort of okay everybody all right midweek we've got snow on the ground here in Kansas City and I got to thinking the other day. Um, not every, not every show, not every one of the shows where it's just me, needs to be a rant. Needs to be a a series of complaints. I don't always have to be the grumpy curmudgeon. I had a thought the other day about the get list, and in. In media parlance, what the guest list is, the get list, rather, it is the wish list. It is the the, the, the the pony and Ferrari list. As long as I'm asking, why not ask for a pony and a Ferrari as well? You know, that kind of list. It's the, it's the dream casting, the fan casting. And on any show where somebody does interviews like we do here or like we do in in other places, we do have our list of people that we would love to have on the show. And I thought I'd maybe kind of share a few of those with you. And, And we talk about you know and you know we ask you for your recommendations of people that you'd like to see on the show as as guests on the program and so i thought we'd kick it around a little bit today we have had some people suggest guests before and we've followed up and we're still in the process of chasing a few of those but i thought i'd go through a little bit just to just to talk about what kind of guests that we would like to have and the basic Reader's Digest version of this is, yes, we would like to have any of them as guests because there are a lot of people out there in the genre space now, science fiction, fantasy, and horror, whether they are uh, actors or writers or directors or producers or authors or comic book creators, illustrators, uh, artists. Uh, Whether they're doing uh, fine art illustration or if they're doing comic book art illustration. I mean, it's all art and it's and its various different types of styles of art. So we would have those. uh, We would have an interest in those people as well. Uh, Not just actors, not just the famous people, not just the usual suspects in terms of who you'd like to see on shows like this. Uh, World class BSers had uh, had Chris Gore on last night, uh, and and not a name that you would recognize immediately, but he does have a presence in the genre space. And I know there are other people like that, whether they're on YouTube or they you know they take bit parts or they're they're writers, but they're not very well known. But they've done a lot of work in, in episodic television. I mean, there's all sorts of different. Uh, types of people that we would be interested in, in talking with, because I think those are all going to be interesting conversations. I think the potential for interesting conversation is there no matter what the public stature of the guest will be. And so I thought, you know, why not let's just go through let's just go through a few names. Let's just kick around a few names, some some ideas of some people that we would like to have on the program just because um, yes it's kind of filler but after uh, after the show we had yesterday I'm I'm okay with doing filler I not every episode of this show has to be heavy so here we go we've got a guest list of course and this is in no particular order uh, because we just have some different uh, some different people that we would like to like to see show up. And it, some of the names you might recognize, some of them you might not. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you're just spitballing and you're thinking, hey, I think it would be really cool to have that person on the show. Spider Robinson. Those of you who do not know Spider Robinson's name, you should. He is the author of Callahan's Crosstime Saloon. He also uh, was selected by Robert A. Heinlein's estate to complete Heinlein's last book. And he is a very, very good author. And he is uh, exceptional at pun comedy, at sardonic dry humor, uh, I would uh, I would highly recommend both Callahan's Time Saloon and uh, Lady Slings the Booze. And I think that was his uh, his wife writing that she has since passed from cancer. But those books are all in the Callahan's universe and they are very good. They are very fun reads. Uh, lots of uh, lots of uh, lots of puns, some of them more painful than others. Sci-fi snob says he's related to a superhero. I'm not aware of that. What is what is that? Spider Robinson related to a superhero? Uh, that makes it even more interesting and more important that we get him on the show. So we will take a look at that um, because it's not, you know, like I said, it's not just about not just about the actors, but it's, you know, Spider Robinson has a very interesting history uh oh spider he's in spider-man but um bum okay you know this is when i should have this is when i should have that animation of the of the of the the pirate monkey who who hits the dr- oh speaking of which where's the monkey where did the monkey get put where did we put the monkey where's the monkey I will have to look for the mic. Somebody, somebody yesterday mentioned a monkey. That we needed a monkey on the show. I think it was High Five Snob. And I do have a monkey. Oh, there he is. Stand by, folks. do 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 Of course, I will cut all of that out of the podcast. All right. So, somebody mentioned a monkey. I have a monkey. I have a stuffed monkey. This monkey has been uh, around a while. You notice the dog kind of got him a little bit. I have no idea where this monkey came from. But I've had him for a very long time. Might have belonged to my, my... No, I maybe since I was like three or something. So so there is a monkey in the studio. I also have a Kowakian, uh, a Kowakian monkey. Uh, a stuffed salacious crumb here on the set as well. So I have fulfilled... I have fulfilled my obligation to have uh, have a monkey on set because, you know, it's easier than having a monkey on my back because we have those two. So, (coughs) excuse me. So, yes, monkeys can sometimes be a lot of fun. Sometimes not. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So back to the get list. There are, uh, I mentioned Spider-Robinson. There are some, of course, who have passed that would have been on this list. But I'm not going to get into those today because you, you can't get them. You're not going to be able to get any interviews with them. Uh, but I try I try to vary it up a little bit. Uh, I mix it up some. I mean, we mentioned Spider-Robinson. Um, The... M- Monkey was sitting in the chair. Yes, there is a monkey sitting in the chair. Hello, uh, Alois. Alois. I'm going to say that wrong. Hello. Uh, Welcome to the chat there. Um, All right. So somebody else. Well, of course, William Shatner. William Shatner is on the get list. For obvious reasons, but maybe not all obvious, because uh, I would be interested in talking to him more about the the switch over to being a director as opposed to being an actor and what the differences are on that. You know, of course, he has also been an author. Uh, He's written books. He's uh, he's written movies. He's written. TV episodes and directed TV episodes. He's come up with stories and stuff. He's written, he's written comic books, Tech War. Um, so, or at least his books have been adapted. So he's been part of that process. So it would be, you know, William Shatner, of course, is on the top of a lot of people's list in terms of genre conversations that uh, that you would want to have. William Hurt is another one. Uh, we know him from. Uh, from the Dune miniseries that Sci-Fi did, as well as of course the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I think that would be uh, that would be fun to have him on there. Uh, yeah, so I, I think so. I think if we appeal to, to Shatner's creative side as a as a director, it might it might be something. Uh, although he's he's uh, he has posted on his social media that he doesn't do a whole lot of those. Uh, for various reasons, but I think uh, I think it's one of those things where if things opened up and he did one, he'd be he'd feel obligated to the, to do a, to do others, maybe. Um, but who knows? We could uh, we could get lucky. We'll see. Um, and along the Star Trek lines, of course, the, you know we can't get Leonard Nimoy anymore or or Gene Roddenberry. I am reading right now, Volume One of the second trilogy of these are the voyages where uh, uh, Mark Cushman has gone through uh, extensive research on uh, the history of Star Trek and uh, Gene Roddenberry's career throughout all of that. Um, I would love to get Rod Roddenberry on here. Uh, Gene Roddenberry Jr. uh, Who is currently involved in the Star Trek discovery production, Star Trek Picard. He is over there. Uh, involved in the process. So it's one of those things where the next generation is involved in the show. Pardon the pun. Um, somebody else who's another generation, Chris Dewin, who's done, uh, who's played Scotty over at uh, Star Trek Continues, he would be another one, not only to talk about the legacy that his father left behind, James Dewan, but also to talk about his work as an actor, as a performer, uh, and his turn as Scotty, on Star Trek Continues, what the differences in approach are and, and that sort of thing. What it's like to work with Vic Mignogna, that terrible, terrible, no good person, who I would also like to have on the show. I mean, just to, I think I think talking with Vic about what he has been uh, going through, uh, whether or not he's willing to talk about that. Uh, or not is uh, anybody's guess. I think there's still some stuff going on there that uh, he might not be able to to talk very much about. Sci-fi so snob. I don't know that Rod Roddenberry's involvement is why Discovery is so bad. I think I think that can be laid squarely at the feet of Alex Kurtzman more than anything else. Uh, because sometimes, sometimes the the next generation of kids. Now, that's a good point. Sometimes because now you look at it over the Henson company, you know, Jim Henson's outfit and uh, whether or not Brian Henson and and the siblings have that same sensibility we were talking on uh, on H2O Monday night about the the Muppet show coming to HBO Max, the original and the challenges that they have faced bringing the muppets back to primetime television because there's now been two different attempts to reboot the muppets in some way shape or form and both of them have failed and the movies the new movies have done okay but the television projects not so much so i you know it it could very well be that the the second and the third generation like you say doesn't really have what it takes to uh, to continue it kind of uh, it kind of leaves me bereft of hope for my operation here because once I'm gone it's all gone because you know who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna do it when I'm done that's okay that's not tomorrow that's a, that's a that's a conversation for another day um Mrs. Boss, do you have uh do you have any ideas on who we should have on our get list as far as guests that you would like to see us uh try to, to wrangle in on the show, perhaps? How long do we have? <laughs> well, we've got uh let's see we've gone twenty minutes now, so we've got forty minutes left. I She's been on the phone, so she hasn't heard me say anything about what we've said, and that's okay. Oh, you're gonna okay. You'll do this, okay? Fine. Look at that. It's on. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So we've been talking. We're talking a little bit about. Um. Oh, you know what? I didn't do that. Okay, we've been talking about the idea of the get list, and okay. it is the it is the um, the wish list for guests for people to come on the show, and so I thought I would just kind of talk about who who we could get.
1: Well, I would like to have, uh, oh, what was her name that we just had?
0: Shauna Terpsik? Yes,
1: I would like to have Shauna Terpsik back. Um, just because, she, you know, she did do stuff within Firefly. I would love, now that we've been watching the Stargate series, mm-hmm. I would love to have anybody from Stargate come on. Um, you know, anybody who's worked on the show, any of the actors who have right. been on the show.
0: I I, I, I I would say
1: if, um, what is his name, Michael Judd, Judge? Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge. I probably would constantly be answering <laughs> in response with Indeed.
0: Now, I had, we had a story here a couple of weeks ago, last week. Uh, Joseph Milozzi who was one of the producers on Stargate, has a new project. He is developing a, thr- a, a trilogy he's adapting for, uh, for television. For de- uh, I say for television. It could be features uh, based on a, uh, a series of books about people who get their magical powers from gunpowder. And They are called Powder Mages. It's called the Powder the Powder Mage Trilogy. I can't I I can't write off the top of my head remember the author's name, but uh, yeah, that would be that would be an interesting one. Sci Fi Snob, you're talking about Amanda Tapping, uh, who has gone on to have you talk about actors uh, becoming directors. She has gone on to become a very prolific director in uh, in television. She's done. Hmm. Uh, I did not know that. She started uh, with directing um, Stargate and then uh, Sanctuary, which was the next project that she did with Joe Malazzi and others. And that was actually the first, really the first green screen production for television. Sanctuary was one of those where they built minimal pieces of the sets and a lot of it was green screen and it started off as a web series and then sci fi picked it up and it ran I believe for four seasons. Um and they've been talking about doing some kind of a revival or a reunion or a a sequel or reboot or something. But they've been talking about that for Stargate as well. And it hasn't happened.
1: Well and I thought about I mean if you talk about in, because of the way you've made me watch Stargate.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Made you watch <laughs> Stargate? Made you watch? Ma- made?
1: Yes, yes. Okay, the way you've had me watch Stargate, because you had me go so far, and then you threw Farscape in there, and I understand this. Uh-huh. Uh, spoilers for a show that's been off the air for how long? You know, with everybody inbreeding... Between those two shows, pretty much. It's not
0: inbreeding, it's cross-casting.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, but anyway, I, I think it would be great to have... Um, see, and I'm terrible with names. Uh-huh. Crichton slash Mitchell. Ben Browder. Ben Browder and uh, Black,
0: Claudia Brack.
1: See, I, I remember some. I think that would be fun because that's a two-way conversation. But at the same time, you would want to. I that would be hard to separate the two. Um, I because I was such a big fan of Scorpion. Mm-hmm. That would be fun.
0: See, I'd like to get Kurt Russell. You know, you're in the in the in the in the Stargate realm, of course, he was the original Jack O'Neill. But yeah. then, of course, you've got his career. In in not just in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also you have the Thing, you have um, Sky, Sky High. High, you have the the computer war issues, you have his his the beginnings of his career at at the Walt Disney Company, you know, kind of coming full circle. But of course, you know, could in, have him sing Jack Burton as uh, in in Big Trouble in Little China. And maybe have him talk a little bit about uh, the 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 reboot that uh, that the Rock is going to uh, maybe try to do. And yes, Kurt Russell is still alive.
1: He's very much alive. He and uh, Goldie Hawn—they're like on their second year of Christmas movies together. Yeah,
0: something. And well, see, and that's the other thing too is is his role as Santa Claus. Uh and he's actually said, I think I saw somewhere the other day uh, a quote where he says that he's he would be perfectly fine ending his career retiring as Santa Claus, so that would be that would be a, cer- a certainly an interesting way to go out i would think
1: well, and if you're gonna go off t v shows going back to Farscape, the fact that it's part of the Henson
0: mm-hmm
1: Crew, I think yeah. anybody who is involved with the Jim Henson company would be a great conversation in general because you have things like Farscape, even though it's a little wonky at first, once you get past it. And you know, I mean, it's wonky.
0: What do you mean, wonky? Well,
1: okay, when you're first watching it, it's not something you normally see in general. I mean, when you think about it, like with Star Trek and so forth, if you've got aliens, they're people dressed up as aliens for the most part, right? Where with this, you have Pilot and you have Rigel, who are puppets Mm -hmm. being used, and especially with, I mean, with Pilot, it's easy to do because Pilot never moves. But with Rigel, he's all over the place. Right. So it's it's not, this is not, unless you're watching like the Muppet show, this is not something you normally see. Yeah, they did it with Alf. But again, you never, with Rigel, it's different than Alf because Alf is essentially almost like Pilot where you see a certain point up. So... At first, when we were watching it, not knowing anything about Farscape, that was kind of like, oh, okay, weird. But then you get into loving it at that point. But regardless of just that, you know I'm a huge fan of The Dark Crystal. I'm sad that Resistance, for what it was, was taken off Mm. after one season. But I think that anybody within... Like I said, anybody within the Henson universe would be a fantastic conversation to have.
0: Yeah, I would I would like to uh to talk to Brian at some point about the ups and downs because there have been there have been some times where, you know, there've been some some not necessarily misses, but some strikes where it you know, it seemed like uh, there were going to be some, some issues and and maybe the Henson Company wasn't going to be as successful as they have been. But yeah, it, it and I would want to know what's going on with Age of Resistance, with that Dark Crystal show, because they're talking about shopping it around to try to find somebody to pick it up for another season.
1: I did see that. And also, we had written an article a couple last year, um, a year or so ago, because they were re... They were going to come back out with those uh, tales with Henson's daughter, who has a background in folklore and all that.
0: Oh, the the Brian Fraud stuff is that was was he involved in that?
1: Maybe, I don't but remember. it was the it was the television. It was the show where they have the different stories. Oh, I'd I'd have to look it up, but everything was. It seemed like it, and then we just haven't heard about it. And I know there's a lot that gets picked up, and you never see the light of day or anything to that effect.
0: Sci-Fi Snob says, So tried to get the kids to watch Age of Resistance. It didn't take. Um, It's darker. Well,
1: That's the way I felt about it, because... The movie's fantastic. It's a dark movie. I think
0: it works i think I think Age of Resistance works better if you have seen the movie first. um and I don't know if going into it um, if you if you start with the series without knowing where it's going, I don't know how much more or less you take away with that combination because i think I think some of it and and maybe this works to the show's detriment, but some of it... Uh, Sci-Fi Stomp says they went in cold. Some of it could be that if you haven't seen the movie, there are things in the TV series that might leave somebody kind of scratching their heads going, Wait a minute. what? What is... Huh? What's well, this? I, I
1: can see that, but at the same time, having seen the movie a zillion times... And they never, when they announced it, they never said it was going to be a multiple season series. So No, but the implication and and the idea,
0: though, is that it's going to do at least two. Because if you're talking about the age where everything fell apart and the Skeksis rose to power you you don't you, that's not a that's not a season long story that's a multiple season arc
1: i know but i know i sat there waiting and waiting and then all of a sudden it's like cliffhanger at the end we're going into a second season right and that that threw me off i just know i i can see where the kids there's a beauty in the movie that kids can relate to. Don't get me wrong that the show doesn't have that, but for me as an adult, the show was very, because you do know where it's going, I guess, maybe that's the problem, it's dark because you do understand where it is, and it was heavy, and for me to watch it, I had to put myself into the mood to do it because, you know, it's going to end up bad. In the end, the story at the toward, and it was it was heavy. It was very heavy, and where the movie's lighthearted, and maybe starting with the movie would be better because there is there is that part. To make you like, oh, okay.
0: Well, it's it establishes the lore. It it get it gets you in that universe without a lot of heavy lifting to try to understand. Because Age of Resistance introduces a number of different groups of people that now you have to keep track of. Whereas uh, uh, the Dark Crystal movie is, you've got two two people yeah. and you're going across in this story with just two people and it's a and it's a straight shot plot you don't have a whole lot of extraneous you know game of thrones type of things where you've got multiple story threads that are going through and you get this thing going over here and this thing going over here and this over here and this thing over here and this thing over here and oh look it's a walking rock monster and this over here and this over here so to me i think the entry point for that universe is the movie first and then you do the series because the series is much more complicated and it also you already know where it's going so I think that helps sometimes when you fill in a gap of oh that's what that is I know where that's headed yeah and I think that helps and Maybe that's to the detriment of the series, because there are there are holes in the series that you fill in with your knowledge of what happens next, yeah, so I don't know. it would be worth a conversation with Brian Henson to say, "Hey, Brian,
1: why did you do this? <laughs> Talk to us, please. Yes.
0: So.
1: um, what else would I like to see? I um. Don't know.
0: I have uh, I have on my list now. Um, you talk about you talk about the Dark Crystal age of, uh, age of Res- excuse me age of resistance being uh, being pretty the art and the and the look of it the aesthetic of it that brings to mind somebody else that I would like to have on the show Boris Vallejo and Julie Bell and if you're not familiar with them. Uh, They are fantasy artists. If you have ever read a Star Trek book from the 80s or 90s, you have seen Boris's work. Uh, Boris Vallejo is, uh, I I believe, an Italian artist, fantasy artist. He does lots of dragons and tigers and curvy women and uh, is a phenomenal artist uh, in terms of that kind of thing, I think. Didn't she show me some stuff, stuff of his? Yes, I'm okay. sure I have. And Julie Bell does the same kind of work. Uh, same, you know, it works in the same medium, uh, with this, and and she's got a similar style. Hers is a little bit softer, I guess you would say. Uh, Frank Frizetta, uh, too bad he's not around, but his daughters are still uh, managing everything. I would, I would love to talk to the Frazetta girls. Uh, as they're known on uh, online, if you have not uh, started, if you have, if you're not following them on Instagram, follow the Frazetta girls on Instagram. They're constantly posting artwork from from Frank's uh, career. I would be interested in talking, you know, along those same lines, talking to somebody in Jack Kirby's family, or Stan Lee's family, or Siegel and Schuster's estates. And talking to them, I'd love to talk to someone at the Tolkien estate. Uh, we did have some communication with people at the Robert E. Howard days uh, out in Texas, and one of these days, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get out there to Howard days because I think it would be kind of fun. Robert E. Howard, of course, the creator of Conan the Barbarian, and it would be uh, it would be fun to take a trip out there and see and see that and and cover that event as well um a name that you might not expect me to say is on my get list pamela anderson (laughs) now there's a reason for
1: this because she's such a nice person too she's a regular of mine back in the day
0: uh, oh yeah Uh, oh yeah that's right because you yes yes Pamela Anderson, of course, uh, the star of Barb Wire and Stripperella. Are you trying to use her to get
1: to David Hasselhoff?
0: Um, no, because I, 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 I know better than to hassle with the Hoff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, H- Hasselhoff would be on there on that list as well because I want to talk about Hasselhoff about uh about whether or not he's ever going to come back as Nick Nick Fury Sr. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he has to. He has to. So uh and yes, Critical Blast. I am talking about a get as an interview. Um it's a it's a weird it's a weird turn of phrase the get list. That's a, that's a great get. When you use get as a noun, some people look at you funny. But yeah, in, in media parlance, um, and and RJ, you would know this because sure you've got that background as well. Just just the idea of getting those people as guests. I would love to have Arnold Schwarzenegger as a guest. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. And And you know. Stallone would be fun. You know what I think would be fun. And, and stop me if you've heard this before, but I think that if you had um, Stallone, Chuck Dixon, Graham Nolan, and Richard Meyer to talk about their Expendables comic book that they've got coming out, I think that would be fun to have all four of them on a, on a show. Uh, but I would also, you know, Graham Nolan and Chuck Dixon would be good to talk about the creation of Bane and their and their careers in comic books, um, especially given the fact now that they are both persona non grata with uh, with the big publishers because they're conservative. Evil. Chuck Dixon hasn't had steady work in. Uh, and a number of years because of because of politics of other people running the companies,
1: one that um, I wouldn't mind having, and I would have to do there's a new book by him out. Mm-hmm. um Christopher Poloni or Paoli, if I'm doing that right. He's the one that wrote the Aragon series, oh, ok. Um, one, I love the books. I, I was one of those ones that was angry that it took forever for that fourth book to come out. But apparently there's another book that has been released that has a few, I guess, side stories, not in the same way that your David Webber has done with the Honor Harrington uh, series. He's not my
0: David Webber.
1: I'm sh- right. Anyway, Um <laughs>
0: He's not my David Weber. I don't, I, he, he doesn't belong to me. Get,
1: the way you were so excited with this, la, the last Honor Harrington book coming out. Well, it's taken
0: so long.
1: I see. And I understand that. And There's you new were one. giddy There's as a, a schoolboy. The
0: There's a new one on the way.
1: But anyway, um no didn't that one come out the vampire one?
0: no no, no no, 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 there's a new Harrington
1: oh Harrington see, we're Universe. gonna have a countdown
0: it's uh, board it's for this it's too. the next one he's done with uh, he, he's collaborated with Eric Flint okay and so it's the it is the um, um it's the it's the other side it's the side story arc okay with uh. Uh, with that Eric Flint has been doing well and
1: see and I'll have to look this up here um...
0: and I know snob I'm never going to get Meyer on this on this program he he rarely does anything that uh, on anybody's channel he's he's gone on Ethan's stream a couple of times uh, and showed up but he doesn't he doesn't do a whole lot and and I don't blame him but uh, it would be fun to have him on there. And, of course, we've talked about Ethan here on the show. Uh, and, and we've talked about Ethan behind the scenes. And I get a few eye rolls from people when I mention his name. But it's one of those things where you have people, whether they are popular or not, whether they're... um acceptable behavior types or not they are newsworthy uh because of various different accomplishments and i think ethan is in that camp uh and he and he and i have gone back and forth on email he has uh, agreed to do an interview at some point of course that's back before everything you know was right as cyber was blowing up and and making a million dollars so it's it's been one of those things where now it's just getting back on the radar and and setting up a time and trying to get him on there but the 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 concern about that also is yes i know it's ethan but it's ethan and you, you you there's a concern about which ethan would show up and then of course all the all the drama and the and the um the tempest in a teapot that comes with that, because if you say anything favorable or 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 empathetic uh, t- uh, regarding Ethan Van Skyver, you're automatically going to be labeled. So we have to be prepared for that eventuality as well, in case it happens. So there's a lot of different things going on. I don't personally care, but uh, but it does. It it might it might have an impact. But yeah, I would like to have Ethan on the show just to talk about his career overall, the success of Cyberfrog, what's got, you know, what he's got going next because he's got Rainbow the Brute going. And it looks like he's setting up All Caps Comics as a publishing imprint to handle other other writers and artists as well, not just his stuff. So, that trajectory that he's been on the last Two or three years has been very interesting to watch, especially as it impacts other indie comics because he's one of, not the, but he's one of the trailblazers, him and Billy Tucci and, uh, um, oh, who's doing, who's doing coffin comics? Lady Death. Um, his name just blew out of my brain, and I can't remember who it is that I'm talking about, but he's been doing it for—he's been doing Kickstarter crowdfunded comics for—yeah, Brian Polito, thank you. Uh, Brian Polito's been doing it for now 10 years, 12 years, something like that, and has done very well uh, crowdfunding his comics universe, uh, Lady Death, and um, I don't remember the name of the other character, but— you know, having those guys on, even even if it's just kind of a roundtable about indie comics and crowdfunding comics. Uh, and it's something that I'd like to do on a fairly regular basis is bring in the indie comics creators to talk about crowdfunding projects and their campaigns and get an update on, on what they're doing and, and that sort of thing. Um, where do we go next from there? I mean... Ethan, of course, you know, we talk about uh, uh, controversial figures. Another one that is very high at the top of my list is Gina Carano. But, of course, Gina Carano is probably on everybody's list right now of people that that want to interview her. I know Jeremy Hambly is wanting to to sit down with her. She's done the interview with Drunk 3PO, which has been quoted in all sorts of various different media outlets all over the place. Uh, and I know that uh, Jay has has had a, quite a bit of a boost in his traffic over on his YouTube channel. Um, but it would be nice to be able to talk to Gina Carano about things. She's done an interview with The Federalist. I find it interesting that a lot of people are assuming what her politics are. And I have yet to see... Um, I have yet to see any clear indication that she leans one way or the other. I don't think that she's actually come out and said, I'm a conservative, or I'm a Trump supporter, or I'm a Republican. Everybody's assuming that she's a conservative because of some of the things that she's posted. But it's an easy assumption to make because anybody that is not far-left communist socialist is now considered a conservative alt right whatever so it's kind of hard to pin that down because i know the gang over at clownfish tv have been they've been accused of being conservative republicans they're like no we're left we're we're center left we're we're center left moderate democrats and just some guy out of chicago he's not a he's not a conservative he's not a republican And he's been labeled that way. I mean, Mark Wade called him a borderline white supremacist. He's biracial. I mean, come on. But yeah, Gina Carano would be good. And, and I have absolutely no idea how drunk got that interview with her. Uh, I know they have had a lot of back and forth connections over on Facebook or not Facebook, Twitter. And that's obviously where that started, but whatever behind the scenes chatter happened uh, has taken place I couldn't tell you but it would be nice uh, it would be nice to be able to do that and and having those connections making those connections as much as I hate social media it's a useful tool for something like that because you can reach out you know we've got IMDB Pro we could reach out to press reps we could talk to PR people and they're their managers and their their agents and, and that kind of thing and try to arrange things. And we do some of that as well. Uh, and we have PR firms coming to us and saying, hey, your media, would you like to interview? We've had an offer to interview JVC Leslie, the new Batwoman. We've had an offer to interview Patrick Warburton. And we said yes to the both of those. We're just waiting to set that up. We've, we're talking to Patricia Tallman. We mentioned Babylon 5 here not too long ago. Um. So there are there are the people out there who would like to come on the show, who would like to arrange for interviews on the show. And there are people that we would like to get on the show. So,
1: you know, it would be a fun interview, I think, to Mm -hmm. have. And I know this is reaching a little bit, but um, as a couple doing them at the same time could be fun. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr., because if you look at what they've done themselves in their own work and then you know stuff that they've done together as a couple yeah i you know she's got a background of you know genre horror he's got the same thing going on as well and i think the two of them at the same time could be quite interesting because then
0: only if i get to tell freddie prince junior that he makes a terrible blonde <laughs> and his his rant about the fandom menace was rude, disrespectful, and highly uncalled for. Now, if I can call him out for that, I'd be perfectly fine bringing him on the show. Because he's in that group where, you know... If you don't like the last jedi, then we don't have time for you type of thing um but no i i i would i think that would be fun to have the have the both of them on, and especially because i i I have to tell him he makes a terrible blonde i mean <laughs> whatever whatever they did for him to play. Freddie in that Scooby-Doo in the Scooby-Doo movies was well, just
1: I, oh, I remember awful. like with her I've met her you know and seen her around several times but I remember being a professional because you are professional when you meet that's right people um, they came in to my work the weekend or the week after they got married they went on their honeymoon and they came back in and I He is tall. She is the tiniest little thing. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because she was very reserved and he was not, he was more of the person dealing with, you know, I was dealing with and stuff. And you just wanted to sit there and be like, congratulations. (laughs) Because it was was one of those happy, happy moments. Um, I think another one that would be fun to have is, uh, what's his name? Greg. He was in Lost. He was in Star Wars.
0: Felicity. Grunberg. Yes. Maybe.
1: Could be interesting.
0: Maybe he's another. See, and that's 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 the thing. You you sit there and you know I mentioned mentioned Ethan being the way he is, but there are a lot of these people. You look at how they act on social media, and they are just absolutely some of the most vicious ugly black-hearted people that you would ever find and and it and i have to wonder just how much social media unleashes the beast you know because surely you're not this kind of vile despicable person in person i would hope that you're not this terrible person to people that it just it just strikes me that there's this there's this disconnect this dichotomy between because you look at Grunberg's twitter he's yeah, it he, he's one of those it, 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 I, I don't know. it. I, yes.
1: But at the same time, we're not... Lo- I know you sit there and you see that, but we're not looking... That's I know, what we do here I know, we but we that.
0: I know, but it's one of those things where you have to wonder how much of that is going to bleed over. Because if I want to talk to him about heroes and I want to talk to him about Star Wars, inevitably the Star Wars conversation is probably going to uh, s- swerve into fandom menace and the people that don't like the last Jedi and, and, you know, online behavior and all that kind of thing. And then you start to get a little squicky because how, how much do you want to go down that rabbit hole with people that you don't agree with? Because it could get awkward. And I'm not about awkward. And I'm not about gotchas. It's well, not about it, getting people on here to get a gotcha do, on them.
1: You do ask them ahead of time. Is there something you want? And that could be, if you were to hypothetically be interviewing him, it's like, hey, if we talk about this, the path the path of the conversation could go this direction. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about that? I mean, you could sit there and have that conversation so that you know ahead of time yeah what and you we can do.
0: And we do. I usually do that when we get when we get going on on any of that stuff. So it's um, apparently it looks like our our signal is YouTube, leave us alone.. yeah, I can I can control the direction of the of the conversation. and I have before. I mean, there have been a couple of times where I've had some people on the air that absolutely I could go down that path if I want to. Uh, but I have not wanted to. Uh, I had Cat Rambo on here not too long ago. And I could very well have gone down that road with her. Uh, but I didn't. Um, because, you know, it's 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 not necessarily about the confrontation so much as it's about the conversation. So uh, Critical Blast says Omni has only $193 to go to fund. Omni. Is Omni Magazine doing a crowdfunding project? I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to look that one up. Um, because that was a that was a that was a good magazine to to uh, to subscribe to. Are they on Kickstarter or in, in oh not the magazine?
1: Okay. I was gonna say I was laughing. I saw the article that AMC has raised money to help them not have to go through any type of bankruptcy and mm-hmm. so forth. And my first thought because of what we do is they had a crowdfunding or goFundMe
0: <laughs> yeah well uh, the other the other part of that is the, uh, the the gang over at Reddit is doing to AMC what they did with GameStop with the stock oh um, I'm hearing I heard the phrase yesterday pump and dump which is uh, I, I and I don't know anything about stocks I don't know anything about investments but apparently Reddit has decided to um, to go into uh, boosting the price of GameStop, and I think it's somewhere over $200 a share now for GameStop. And the idea is that you get all of the, the the short sellers to sell off their stock as it's going as it's going up and up and up and up. And at some point, you bail out and you sell your shares at a higher price. And so we'll see we'll see what. What GameStop tops out at, because the, I've never heard of this kind of strategy because it's apparently a strategy. So I don't know. It's uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, but it, i did I did see that I think they were doing the same thing, the same thing with AMC stock as well. So hopefully AMC doesn't go under and go away. But I think in the long term, when you're looking at uh, movie theaters and, and movie theater chains, I think the drive-in theaters are going to do fine this year, maybe, assuming that they have any kind of programming to put on there. But uh, we'll see, you know. Um, let's see. I mean, there's. What about you guys in the chat? Well, who would you like to see us bring on as a guest? I mentioned. Uh, I mentioned Mark Cushman who's doing the These Are the Voyages books, I'm thinking... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, make an arrangement where we can get him on. And that would be one possibly for Deep Space Minds, uh, if we brought that one back. Right now, Deep Space Minds is not is on hiatus because we haven't had the Star Trek programming, uh, uh, the Star Trek content that we need in order to justify the, the show on a regular basis. But... Uh, having having him on, talking him—I mean, Mark Cushman, Rod Roddenberry, Chris Doan—all of those would be, would be good guests for Deep Space Minds as well, and and do more of a roundtable. But who would you like to see? Who's Bill? Bill Rop is uh, is one. All right, we can—I add him to the list, and. Uh, Anybody else that y'all have uh, as suggestions? Of course, you can always leave a comment. If those of you who are listening uh, or watching this in replay, you can uh, leave your comments as well and let us know who you were thinking of. One of the things that I wanted to do is get Catherine Mary Stewart uh, to talk about uh, Night of the Comet and the Last Starfighter. And I guess, I guess, Weekend at Bernie's. Um, I tell you, I'm going to say this. And I mean it with as much respect as I can muster for those people who have put in the effort. I am so sick and tired of the Bernie Mittens meme. That that played out in about an hour for me. Um It is all over the place and it is there. Let me tell you a story. When I was younger, I think uh, summer after the summer, the summer after junior high, I think my family took a trip from Dallas up to Washington, D.C., we drove to Washington, D.C. because, you we know, see the countryside, you know, so we'll go up through, you know, Nashville and, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, and, um, and as we're going, of course, back in the day, there's no satellite radio. You're just picking up whatever stations are available along the way, and sometimes there were country stations, sometimes there were top 40 adult contemporary stations, whatever you could get, and invariably every almost every radio station that we found played the song Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton because it was a cross format song it was a successful song both in the contemporary side of things and also in the country format so it was it was it was acceptable programming in all of those formats And I cannot begin to tell you how many times per day we heard Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. And we got really burned out on that song so quickly. And this Bernie thing with the mittens is the same thing. I mean, I will go through and I'll be scrolling through social media feeds. And as soon as I see one of those, I'm immediately... Scrolling past it, I was like, "Nope, don't. I don't want to even look. I don't want to even look. I don't want to even look. I'm done with Bernie's mittens. It is overplayed." <sighs> All right, just had to get that out of my system. Okay, so um, anywho, RJ, let me ask you. I don't know if you you know this or not. I would have to look it up. Do we know if Robert McKee is still alive? Uh, because I would like to have Robert McKee. If if Robert McKee was still alive, I would love to have him on to talk about story structure and screenwriting, and uh, the creative process. Um, Peter Weller would be another, another possible guest. Stephen King, Todd McCaffrey, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I mean, the, the list could go on and on and on and on and on. But I think right there at the top of that list, uh, in terms of actors, Hollywood types, You'd have William Shatner and Gina Carano would be, I think, my top two at this point. Harrison Ford, I know he would never do it, but Harrison Ford would be up there as well. On the creative side, you know, Kevin Eastman would be up there. Todd McFarland would be up there. Um, McFarland, there's no D in it. Todd Todd McFarland, Kevin Eastman. um, Maybe Robert Kirkman. Frank Miller. Jim Shooter would be another one. Just to talk about how things have gone in the comics industry for now, uh, from then till now. Uh, Jim Lee, uh, Jeanette Kahn, yes, Jeanette Kahn, uh, Paul Levitz. I'm, you know, I may, I may reach out to um, uh, the Answer Man. Um, we've had him on the show before um and of course I'm going blank so Bob Rosakis yes thank you uh Bob's been on on the on the channel before I mean I could reach out to him as well and have him on there Jeanette Kahn would be great uh because there's this notion of women in comics women have never had a place in comics well that's not true um so uh yeah I mean we there are all sorts of possibilities. Roy Thomas is doing streams, really? Wow, I will I, that would be that would be a, that would be a trip. Anyway, okay, so there's there's some of the get list. There's some of my wish lists, some people that, uh, that we were thinking about. and Sni and snob, snob uh, the, the interview with God would probably be a little bit one-sided at this point. And if there were to be a face-to-face, I would never be able to tell anybody about it. So, there are limits, even for me. All right, that's going to do it uh, today. Don't forget, you can leave us a comment. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi com. Tomorrow on the show, who knows what's going to happen between now and then. In the next 23 hours something could break we could get breaking news that we'll talk about uh, or we might even have a guest you never know Uh, so we will be back tomorrow in the meantime uh, we do invite you to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already give us a like on your way out please share the link we do appreciate the signal boost and we will be back with more live from the bunker tomorrow and remember there are four lights